All right, if you will take your Bibles, and um, we're going to be going into a series, probably about three or four weeks long, but we're going to be talking about the origin and reality of sin. Really, we're going to be studying hamartiology, okay? And that's the fancy word for the doctrine, the study of sin. Hamartia, hamartia is the word in the Greek. It means to miss the mark. Um, we all sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the reason why we need to do a study on it is to understand how it came about, how it was introduced to mankind, and what are we going to do about it? What does the world say about sin? You know, if you're tuned into anything at all, there's, there was an event that happened Sunday night that in one day a clip of that event was put on the internet, and I kid you not, it got 70 million views in less than 24 hours. And it was just, it was kind of shocking, you know? This, this person slapping another person, and you're just thinking, this is insane. Well, this is the world. You know what's crazy about that? We talk about the celebration of sin, which we'll get into much later in our series. Not only was he given a standing ovation after he received his award, but people came out in support of him. Do you see how easily we can get to the point where in the tribulation uh, period, the two witnesses, when they are killed, the whole world will rejoice? Someone just assaulted someone on live TV, and it is praised by our role models in Hollywood. You've got to be careful what you're allowing yourself to say is, well, this is true, this is okay, it's, it's acceptable. It's not. And this is all a result of sin. This is not how God made us. Sin entered into the world, and because of it, death and cancer and wickedness and broken lives and all these different things came in as a result of it. So I want you to uh, take your Bible just very quickly and go to the book of Ezekiel in chapter 28. We're going to start putting the verse references up here on the screen. I don't want that to uh, you know, distract you, but as we move forward, I, I think it's good uh, that we put the verses on the screen. But for this one, we're just going to look at a couple of different verses. Um, we're not going to look at every single one. Uh, if you look in Ezekiel chapter 28, we have a description of how sin came into the universe. Okay, now God did not create sin. Okay, there was no sin before Lucifer sinned and became the devil, the, the uh, antagonizer, Satan. His sin, the first in the universe, was when he chose, and I want to make sure you write this down, when he chose his will over God's will desiring to be equal with God. That is the first sin. And it is deception. It is pride. You've heard me teach and you've heard others teach before that the most potent, deadly, lethal of all sins is pride. But pride and deception, they go together. Satan believed that he could do what he wanted to do and have his will override God's. And therefore, sin came into the universe. And we're going to study further on how sin was introduced to mankind. I do not believe that God said that uh, sin was going to be allowed or that he thought this was going to be a good idea. Some people like to say, well, God, you know, why did God let that happen? And I'm going to stand up here and tell you, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't think that changes our view of God. God has not sinned, nor will He ever sin. And He's the only one who can say that He is a righteous judge because He is without any sin. He does not miss the mark. If we think about that in relation to things that we struggle with, where let's say God gives you a blessing in your life and you're going through and things are going really well, and then something happens which seems to mar that blessing or take it off track. Friend, I want you to be assured that God does not have His hand on his forehead and his other hand on his hip going, oh my, I did not see that happening. Not only are you surprised, but can you imagine me? He knows. He knows exactly what's going on. This is how we can be anxious over nothing. We can rejoice even in the worst times of persecution because we serve the perfect God. He is the only one. But I want you to look here in verse... 15. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mount of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground and lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. The iniquity that was found in Lucifer's heart drove him to fall into the deception that he could take his will and elevate it above the Lord's. And thus, sin was brought into the universe. Okay? Now, as a part of that, Sin now, in the universe, had to be introduced to the human race. Take your Bibles and go to Romans in chapter 5. Romans in chapter 5, specifically there in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now there's a part of Romans here that is quoting from earlier in the letter where it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, we know what happened when sin was introduced into the world. We're looking at the consequences of sin. It is death. I was talking with a friend last night, and he played for me a video of a Bible scholar. Let me just... This is... This is one of those things that uh, you can study the Bible. You can go down to your local university or go to a, a prestigious university and get a degree as a Bible scholar and still miss the whole arc of Scripture. Christ died for my sins. I listened to a Bible scholar in a 58-second video proceed to tell me that the only deception in the garden was God. Oh yes, folks. The, the serpent, he was, he was totally honest. And, and you know he said exactly what God said and you know, he gave the reasons of, of which God had agreed. And therefore, there was no deception by the serpent. You mean to tell me, you have read the entire Bible and the conclusion that you have come to about the Genesis 3 account of the introduction of sin into the world was that the serpent was not deceptive. Is there anywhere in the Scripture where we can see that the action of the serpent 
deceived Eve and then Adam followed like? Well, look in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. And you know, the sarcasm, it drips off this man's voice. He just, it's, it's almost like he has put God in a checkmate. And he has said, I win. You want to see pride on display? It's attitudes like that. And if you have these social media accounts, they're everywhere. There's somebody on the street with a microphone pulling over Christians who they are, maybe they're believers, maybe they're not, but they don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth and they fall into traps. They fall into traps like this and they end up abandoning their faith because someone made a TikTok video that was less than a minute. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14, here's what it says. And Adam was not, hang on, what's it say? Deceived. So does that prove the point that the serpent didn't use deception? Keep going. But the woman being what? Deceived. What the serpent was doing in the garden, even though he spoke accurate things, was to cast doubt on what God had said Introduce the deception, which leads to something else, unbelief. Unbelief. This is how people, once they get saved, and many of you may have experienced this. I have people in my life who have experienced this. They got saved at a young age, but they went to teaching that was not clear, that taught you can lose your salvation, that used verses out of context to prove the preacher's point. And they were deceived by the individual who, let's not make them the enemy, they have been deceived as well. But the first act of deception was Lucifer upon himself, and then he continued to do that with the human race. They were deceived. Look in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. Paul is writing here the second time to the church in Corinth. He says there in verse 3, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled, deceived, tricked Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, contextually here, we're talking about the simplicity of the gospel. And you go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, you see in verses 3 and 4 what the gospel is according to the scriptures. But then you have this here, and what I'm trying to isolate out of this verse is, first of all, the people in Corinth were able to be deceived by any means. A traveling preacher, a forgotten text, a prophet or prophetess who was saying to be preaching the word of God but was not accurate a new idea about Jesus. The Gnostic view was that Jesus never actually had a physical body because all material is evil and all the immaterial metaphysical things are spiritual, so Jesus only walked spiritually. That was something that was going on and was addressed in 1 John. So these new ideas are sparking up all over the place. If you look up on your uh, little Google search bar and you type in the Synod of Dort, you will see where these People, these theologians, came together to discuss does it really say, does it really mean what it says? You and I have to understand the introduction of sin 
is how sin is continuing to impact us. It has, an, it, it has a severe consequence. We're deceived every day. People are deceived to think that it's okay if someone tells a bad joke about you that you can physically assault someone else. That's okay, the world says. Folks, is that ever going to be all right? It's not. And you look at the whole world today, not just what, what's going on in the political sphere, but just people in general. Violence abounds. We're not seeing it as much, but you can find videos of extreme violence on, on streets in downtown. These things are happening, and they deceive us. People get an idea in their mind, and they begin to say that as truth. You ever heard of prayer chanting or worship chanting? I kid you not. You have a very talented piano player, a very talented uh, guitar player, musicians up here, and they're playing chords, and they are able to edit it so that the chords ring out and they have reverb and it just creates a very emotional environment. And then they begin to chant one word, Jesus, Jesus, or trust, trust. And it, it, you just say the word. You ever said the word spoon so many times that you're going, what is this word in the English language? You, you, you could look at a spoon and say, that's a thing. I can't spadiba, you know? But people get themselves worked up into these trances and they call it biblical. And they have conferences and they slap the name of Jesus and his approval on it. And it's not of God. Deception, deception, just like the very first time that sin was introduced. And you and I have to be biblically wise. We have to practice godly wisdom to avoid these things. They are out there. I don't have Discovery Plus, but I, there's, a, there's a series on there right now that exposes the Hillsong Church. It's gaining a lot of traction. A very prominent Hillsong pastor in Atlanta has moved away from the Hillsong brand and is establishing his own ministry. The reason why I haven't gotten the stomach to watch it is, be, you know what's going to drive me nuts? Is that they're going to drag Jesus through the mud like they always do. This is another opportunity for the world to see how silly, I use air quotes, in their opinion, how silly and just ridiculous Christians are. It, it, don't you see how the devil sets these things up? Then he brings the world in to just malign the name of Christ even more? Every single day we can see how it would be easier and easier and easier for the, for the things that are described in Revelation, the unbelievable violence against Christians to come about. Sin came into the human race through deception and disobedience, which is motivated by unbelief. At some point, Eve no longer believed that God was telling her the truth, made a decision. It's a sad thing. And you and I can get to that place too if we let our guard down. Now let's talk about the reality of sin. We're going to go into a couple of different things here. If you go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23... Well, actually, you can just look at these up here on the screen because we're going to go by these pretty quickly. Scripture declares the fact of sin. We don't have to sit there and ask the question, is sin real? Is it in the world? No, the Bible declares it to be so. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have missed the mark. The mark is what? What is the standard? It's, it's perfection. It's not your best. It's not your personal 
record that you're trying to change every week. It is God's righteousness, which is perfection. Galatians chapter 3 in verse 22. Oh, that one wasn't up there. Let's look at that one real quick. Go to Galatians chapter 3 in verse 22. It's on page 1244. But the Scripture hath concluded all under what? Sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. This verse is teaching. Not only has the Scripture concluded it, but therefore God has concluded it, that every single person is under sin. Now, the world would disagree with this. The world would actually say there are people who are so good they are, they're just so spotless that there's no possible way that they could be called a sinner. That person does not exist. They, they don't exist. It doesn't matter how good we are to each other or how the world defines good. And you find a lot of times it's a humanitarian effort. The politicians, they try to show you how good they are. This is not to rag on any of them, but we can see they're public figures. They're not as good as they told us they were or the way they acted. This event that happened on Sunday night was done by somebody that we would have probably said, he's the last person that would do that. He's a nice guy. He's preaching love all the time. And he did it. We are all sinners. We all fall short. Nature, here's my, the, the second point under this reality of sin. Nature... Uh, proclaims the fact of sin. And this is in Romans 8.22. You can see it up here on the screen. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Raise your hand if you still have to mow your yard. You know the way God intended it? You wouldn't have to do that. (laughs) Raise your hand if you have ever gotten a sand spur on your shoelace and tried to get it and that thing jumps over to the raw side of your thumb and just gets you or if you've ever been in thorns yeah we've all been through that guess what that's not a part of god's original design we have sinkholes that swallow whole homes that's not how god designed the world to be we have natural disasters that wipe out communities I am impressed by the hurricane system. It just impresses me greatly that a strong breeze from somewhere in Africa can catch up enough effort to form into a Category 5 destructive hurricane in which humans for several miles migrate. Tornadoes. You ever seen those things? Water spouts? Just the day is going fine. All of a sudden, a wild water spout appears. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And the destruction that goes in the way of these things. This is not a part of God's design. This is all a part of sin. And so nature declares it. You can, if you do it right, you can cut, a, uh, a, you can cut deep enough into a tree and plant an amount of poison, cover the tree back up, and over the process of time, it will die. Animals die and decay. Nature declares these things. Things are not getting better, all right? I know what the makeup system wants to tell you. 
that you can improve and reverse your aging. <laughs> I bet you if we were to go open some coffins right now, even Neutrogena could not help them. Or Jergens or anybody. All right? Nature proclaims the fact of sin. Law discovers the fact of sin up here on the screen. Romans chapter, 3, Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The strength of sin, the death penalty of sin, is made full by the law. Thou shalt not, and we did. That's how we can be proclaimed as Guilty. You see how all this matters in relation to Jesus paying for your price? He's not just setting an example. He did something. And this is all because of sin. Romans chapter 7 and verse 7. We'll stay up here on the screens for the sake of time. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, this is Paul writing here. Listen now. This is Paul, who God used in a great and mighty way. I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. It wouldn't be a problem to do so if it was not for the law. And these things would not even be natural desires of you and me if it wasn't for sin. Adam and Eve were told to just be fruitful and multiply. That was what they were supposed to do. They, Adam named the animals, and here we are. Everything would have been great. It's not that way. Experience proves the fact of sin. Let me ask you a question. Can you look back in your life and see how sin has caused a problem? I have been soul winning for a long time. I've yet to meet somebody. I know Yankee has. But I've yet to meet someone who says, I have never sinned. I've met people who say, I've stopped sinning. But I've never met someone who says, I have never sinned. We're all aware of it. In fact, that's one of the reasons why in personal evangelism you're taught to gain favorable attention. You don't have to identify the obvious. You loop yourself into that. For all of sin that comes short of the glory of God, myself included. The pastor of Calvary Community Church? Yes, for all have sinned. Man confesses it. I want you to listen to this here. These are some believers in the, in the Old Testament that talked about, or in the Bible, that talked about the fact that they are sinners. Job, I am vile, I abhor myself. Isaiah, woe is unto me, for I am undone. Daniel, of whom we have in the Bible, none of his, there's nothing negative in relation to sin written about him, but this is what he says of himself, which we, I believe is true because we're all sinners. Look what this says. My comeliness was turned inward toward my corruption. Paul, who was used by the Lord, taught by the Lord to go out and evangelize the modern world at the time, and we have benefited from it. Christ Jesus came in to save, uh, into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Here are some people in Scripture that were sinners and proclaimed it to be so. Pharaoh talked about his sin. Achan, which is a heartbreaking story. I don't even like to make jokes about what happened to Achan because it's just terrible. It didn't just happen to him. His entire family was cut off. 
His wife and his children were stoned to death because he disobeyed the Lord's command. And it's not, oh, God is too harsh. No, man is, is willfully disobedient. Balaam talked about his own sin, and even Judas in Matthew 27, 4 said, I have sinned. So the argument should not be, oh, I, I got, we, we got to see if sin is real. We, we got to see if this is a, a real thing. We all experience it. You know what? And if I did ever meet somebody that said I have never sinned, I would find a way to drive them to the nearest basketball court. And I would say, you got a hundred shots. Let's see it, buddy. And let's see if you can make each one. You think they could do it? Not even Michael Jordan could do that. I heard Bob Brooks one time. He had a significant amount in a row. Do you remember, Trent, how many it was? It was crazy. Free throws, throws, yeah. I mean, if I were to see someone take 30 free throws and sink all of them, I'd maybe say they're perfect. But I'd want to see the other 70, you know what I'm saying? We have to understand the study of sin. It's important to understand about ourselves, how we can best understand how our nature works. So next week we'll continue this series. If you look up here, I want to share with you the best news in all the world. This hand represents you and me. My wallet represents sin. I'm going to put this on top of my hand because the Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. God loves us, but he hates our what? Sin. Because it separates us from him. In order to get to heaven, we have to be perfect, just like God, but we all fall short. The religious world system will say, do, do, do. Do this, don't do that. Do this, avoid that. And therefore, God will have to bless you. That's not what the Bible says. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If we were to pay for our sin, we'd have to go to hell, eternally separated from God in a literal fire-burning lake of fire. This hand will represent for this illustration Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. He has risen. He is coming back soon. Amen? First time it's going to be with a, hey, let's go! Next time he's going to put his feet down. He's going to be in business. Let me be serious. I just, what is that going to look like and feel like? I don't know, but I know one day I'll know. And I'm looking forward to that. But Jesus said to Nicodemus in the dead of night, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The offer of salvation is open to anybody, but you do not receive the free gift of everlasting life until you place your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you receive the remissions of sin. You receive what you could not receive from the law of Moses. Eternal life. You're God's family. You have a home. There are blessings that now apply to you. So turn the frown upside down. We are saved and we're going to remain saved. And one day we're going to rule and reign with Jesus. Isn't that good? Yes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heads are bowed, please. And eyes are closed. No one looking around. If you're on the internet or in the audience, I encourage you, if you have yet to believe on Jesus Christ for the full payment of your sins, I I encourage you to do so right now. Don't wait any longer. If you're watching on the internet, let us know by leaving a comment, sending us an email. It would be a great encouragement to us. Sin is a real thing, and it, it, it affects us every single day. 
where we can choose to walk in the Spirit and to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. I pray for you in that way. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gospel. Thank you for what your word says about sin and how we can see that these things are true by just looking at the world today. Lord, I ask that you bless those that are here with us physically and digitally. Bring us back here safely for the uh, event on Saturday. We pray for the event tomorrow night with Ranch as they go to the trampoline park, that all would go well, souls would be reached. And we are just eternally thankful, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.